0: people listening to you guys on pound the table
1: welcome back to pounding the table but we are underway and i do mean under way everyone fund managers can't beat the s&p 500 because they're sheep and sheep get slaughtered Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Season 3, Episode 7 of Pounding the Table. March Madness is entering into the Final Four with Kansas, Duke, Nova, and UNC after they beat St. Peter's this last week. So, sorry, no Cinderella dance this year. Will Smith smacks Chris Rock at the Oscars. <laughs> Bitcoin nearing 48,000. we got Ethereum nearing 3,400. Tesla's talking about doing another split. We're going to take a quick look into Ginkgo Bioworks and SEMA 4 with their earnings and why you may like them once again. Shopify, got to talk about them. A little diddling going on here at the end of last week. Shot up 100 points on Friday's close. And Tony, most importantly, definitely want to talk a little bit more about why you think this is now finally a playable market to get back into, especially after the last few weeks. But Before we get into that, quick shout out to our sponsors over at StockTwits. Join millions of investors to talk about stocks, cryptos, and a whole lot more. That's where we get the pulse of the market, right? We wake up, check the tickers, see what people are talking about within both markets. And definitely want to touch on too this market madness. They're giving away ten thousand dollars, so hopefully everyone got their brackets in, which we discussed last week. Trending tickers: QQQ. Tech's making a little bit of a comeback.
0: Yeah, man, we had a nice bounce like over the last few weeks in QQQ. I don't know if that's just because Apple's up eleven days, I think, or it's going to be eleven days if it's up tomorrow in a row, which is pretty crazy. I think I read a stat that that was like the highest like average days of being up in a row since like 2010. So pretty bullish there. I think a lot of people were just obviously short and, and very much so like selling everything that they had. And then you see price change. And so people change as well. And news can only get so bad. Like Sam always says, like the world can only end once. So while I'm definitely cautious moving forward, and we'll talk about like what I'm thinking and what I'm kind of like looking at in the next few months here there's definitely going to be some really good opportunities and names in the next few weeks and, and months moving forward and, and then obviously that'll translate to years if they're good long-term companies we've got the uh you know i, I love that you like, really, oh shit here we go again with the uh, mean stocks because really man amc gme hync shout out to our boy jesse on twitter he was like hounding gme at me every single day on twitter and i mean it's up from 90 to 180 or 190 already so it's pretty crazy in the last like week and a half it's pretty crazy um, but I do think it's like you're just kind of seeing that people are starting to either get squeezed or get out of positions that were really short, especially on a lot of those names. And so kind of like what happened, uh, I think this was like earlier in 2021 after the initial first drop, you kind of got that going for growth like later in the year. And so we might have that kind of happen again here. But what's really interesting to me, you know, and I love that these are both trending, ETH, ETH.X and Bitcoin.X is, is how it is on uh, StockTwits. ETH broke that level that I posted many times a downtrend line from November. And then it's the same level that Arc broke through as well. So you can definitely see that the risk on trade is starting to get a little bit, I mean, a lot bit more bought than just the sell everything kind of trade. And it's kind of funny. I was reading about, I was reading so many things on Twitter, people, you know, thinking the way that they did for the last two months. And it's almost like the market's doing the exact opposite of what it did in the last two months. And so, you know, I, that's why it's always important to be able to flip on a dime and kind of really see the market for what it is. And, that, and that's why price rules everything around you. And then of course we've got Tesla, my, you know, probably all time favorite stock forever since I was like 11. So as, <laughs> it's so crazy. Elon, you know, he's like, I want to go and give Tesla a dividend. And so I want to split it again so I can make it a dividend stock. What a beast. People were like, Tesla's never going to turn any money. And now it's literally like, fighting to split again because the price went so high and they want to get enough shares they could do a proper dividend it's just like it's incredible go elon so that's all i got right now but i do love the trending tickers i'm always checking those just super easy to see what's like really hot today and like if you miss news on twitter because it's obviously easy to miss news there's a billion things going on every day just go see what stocks are moving and maybe you know if you're a trader it could help you there but you're also a long-term investor. You've seen like you know certain names can trend for a while. So I've seen Bitcoin and ETH trending quite a bit. So obviously that's you know kind of leading towards crypto bull market sentiment going on. So definitely go download Stocks what's in the App Store, and before you know it, you will see what actual investors and traders are saying in real time about your favorite stocks and crypto. But honestly, my favorite part is just those trending tickers. It's so cool to just see what people are talking about like every day in real time.
1: Yeah, that was crazy with uh HYMC. I had to look that one up, and that was the, the GameStop situation. Right. It's a mining company, so that obviously makes sense. Dude, this
0: is I theory. said this last week. On <laughs> we the were did we, we f-
1: joke about this actually a dude, few episodes ago? I was, just saying like I the most random serious.
0: acquisitions. I was dead serious. I'm telling you, this guy, and I said this on the last pod, I think, or the one before, but this guy literally sent me on Twitter, I forget who it is. And if you if you know that I'm talking about it, you, DM me again because I literally have no idea. But this huge, deep Reddit thread from like a year ago talking about- That's for everything. GameStop though, right? Yeah, for GME, like everything GameStop's trying to do. And they're like, they're making a lot of these moves that people were talking about in that Reddit thread. So I, I think they're going to, I mean, they're making this huge push towards crypto, right? They're going into trying to make the the uh, GameStop wallet. Like, I just think, you know, it just still blows my mind that that existed on the internet. You said for the
1: first time, and I think in months- you know, month after month, you've just been saying, Hey, it's kind of a dead market. It's kind of boring to talk about here on the podcast. There's nothing really to do until something happens. Right. And so today, prior to recording this episode, you were saying that you finally feel like this is kind of like a tradable market again. So I'd love to hear like what specifically you're seeing that has changed this tone over the past few weeks.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, I, I think I was pretty clear just about the the China backstop and then the Fed, of course. And so like, you just see like a reversal of the, of the trend of it just being runaway inflation, right? Cause like, if you, even if it continues, whatever in a May, the point is like, you're trying to stop the cart from rolling down the hill. So trying is better than just staying there doing jack shit. And so that was pretty much the entire thesis. So like things got so stretched towards thinking of this narrative. And then you saw things correct. And of course, like commodities are still higher. There's still war going on You know, like, supposedly you know i don't even know what the stance of that is right now because the headline changes every four minutes because i swear i saw a headline today saying that there's nothing going on in talks and then i saw a headline going on saying that there was a lot going on in talks so it's literally so crazy but once again i mean that there's different factors in the market that are running things. like today you saw in the morning arc was up a lot it was completely only off of tesla and then you saw towards the end of the day like arc came up more and it was because of other things Which is because of other names in there and like the actual growth itself. Like, yes, growth was popping in the morning, but you know that percent wise, you can see that Tesla's like 10% of ARC, right? So if Tesla's up 10% or whatever it was today, about that, then ARC's gonna be up one percent just cause. So there was a couple of points today where like arc was like less up than one percent or even flat. And so Mm -hmm. the growth market kind of turned around. When I guess, you know, people started talking about different types of news today with like the war situation, but then also Tesla just like led that bullishness in my opinion in growth because it just brings all those like tech flows. And so you saw everything else run and semis are doing really well as well.
1: I saw Kramer actually is, you know, he, he said also that it was time to to start buying again and growth started to look good. So Bro, it might be time that, to that it right.
0: scares me. right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like the Kramer. <laughs> I, love, I, love, uh, I love Kramer, but man, like the, the back, like I've, it's, it's uncanny. It's, unca- it's
1: uncanny. I was just about to say the same. I think it was today. He was like by bank of America. Then they,
0: yeah. He was like, he, he was like America time them, to so. like, we're going towards this like horrible growth death thing. And it was literally the <laughs> Pico bottom. So I don't know, man, it's, <laughs> I'll just skip that part of my head. Uh, let's
1: come back to Tesla real quick. So Tesla shares popped about six percent. There was discussions around a six to one split here. Last time they did a split was August 2020. So I remember that because I bought shares and sold them before the split. But I'm just kicking myself for. But last time that happened, they did a five to one, right? And then it doubled from there. So. I can't imagine they're going to double again in a year. Here. Yeah. Like, I, I there's don't, a lot I don't of news. Doubles. Is this buy the rumor, sell the news type of situation?
0: Honestly, for maybe almost every other stock, yeah. But like, dude, I mean, I've always said Tesla is going to be one of the biggest companies in the world from before it was even close. And so, I, I mean, do I think it could literally pass Apple? I think no one expects it, but fuck yeah, I can. Like, why not? Elon's way smarter than everyone else working at every other company and like put 20 of them together and he still just shits on them asleep so yeah. i'm not worried yeah he's got he his manifesto even... popping up dude, and he, he said he yeah him. could you imagine what like okay so you know split into master plan part 12 and like dude they just picked they're popping up factories everywhere like, it's just like there, I, there's no assembly line as efficient there's no like like honestly they're getting to the scales that it doesn't matter and i think people just completely forget that first of all fuck the cars like it has nothing to do with the cars like yeah the cars help you get data and you have a bunch of data but now tesla is like probably the one of the world's best ai's like i don't like elon tweeted the world some of the world's best engineers have no idea or like the world's best experts in ai or whatever they are called it has no idea what is going on like even elon said some of the best you know experts in artificial intelligence and neural nets all the all the buzzwords are shocked by what tesla's ai can do so just think like what like it's it's the tech right like they have the tech they have the hardware obviously the cars and like whatever else elon wants to build will be great and just fucking phenomenal but then it's the the data and the software with like what are you going to be able to do with that is your is your computer just so powerful now that like whatever nvidia is doing you could do probably close like i wouldn't be surprised so i think that that's the play like i think people think that the car company will be the one that makes it a 10 trillion dollar comment yeah 10 trillion it won't be it'll be everything after and so that's part three
1: yeah, i'm pumped to, to read that uh i know you sent me something years back that i still have not read but i'll just pretend it's okay i'm okay. very pumped to read this next one that's coming out
0: i wonder uh, I, I hope i hope he drops some stuff in part three that are in what i predicted for part three because I have an article from that too. So it'd be cool to see. Make
1: your predictions live, man. What do you think he's going to talk
0: about? I made, I'm literally made these predictions like eight years ago. When he dropped part two, I wrote what is going to be part three. So I don't even know what I wrote. I got to go check.
1: All right, folks, you're going to have to stay tuned. To, to <laughs> Tony can find that in his, uh, his emails to himself. Let's talk about crypto heading into Bitcoin, Ethereum summer, as people have been talking about all throughout Fintwit. Bitcoin's rumored recently, I saw an article today, actually, that they're talking about actually improving Bitcoin ETFs more at scale now. The SEC is proposing an expanded definition of what exchange would look like. So that's important from the Bitcoin front. And then obviously Ethereum has been most of the news with their merger. You know, they're going to be shifting from the proof of work model to proof of stake Mm -hmm. coming up this summer. They don't have a definitive date quite yet. But the goal ultimately is to make Ethereum a little bit more scalable, secure, sustainable. Uh, it is not going to have ETH2, so there's some fake coins out there that you know people are trying to take advantage of people on. Yeah. But, uh, Ethereum themselves said that is not going to be changing. You know, coins effectively, it's here to, to essentially make it faster, more scalable. So that that's going to be huge. I know you were talking about how that's going to impact a lot of the the shit coins, right? Uh, since a lot of those are based off Ethereum.
0: Yeah, uh, I think for sure, like you know, l- less so about those. I think it's going to be more just ETH itself. Is just when when you get to this proof of work, you're going to be having just like price inflation and like you know coin deflation so i think I mean, that's the that's the biggest thing that people kind of w- want to see move forward here so like your your validators are going to be replacing the miners and so like i, I heard that somewhere like validators are now going to make a way bunch more of uh, like a percent stake so if you have like 32 eth you can go set up an eth validator it's like a node basically but you get I think it's like five to 6% now. And then I think it's going to go up to like 12%. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't have one, but I know a lot of people who are just passively holding ETH make validators if they believe like in a long, yeah, long-term that's, perspective. That's what I was reading too, is, is
1: the folks that have a bunch of ETH, you can start staking it. And- well,
0: I mean, yeah. You, so you like, you lock up those 32 ETH and then they make you like, you earn ETH on it because like, a- as you act as a validator, like, you're, you're going to be making money by doing that. So it's like, Right now, you have like ETH miners, but like the miners transition to validators, and so I think there's. I mean, I I think it's just it'll level out over time, in my opinion. But right now, I mean, like I'm kind of pretty bullish on making validator node. I think a lot of the things that people think is going to be great, and I think we mentioned this before, that like the gas is not necessarily going to change the way that people think. So either way, uh, bullish on bullish on ETH, like bullish on ETH validating. I'm more excited just to see you know, where it goes from there, because I, I don't know of anything, obviously as big as ETH or as cool as ETH that has done such a radical change. I mean, like, yeah, Bitcoin has and and coins have and stuff, but a full-on chain merge that's just making an, you know, ETH2 from proof of work to proof of stakes so can be very cool to see just, I guess, in terms of game theory. And then I'm also curious to see how that's going to impact, like, like you said, like the alts and DeFi and, and NFTs and everything in the space. So it's going to be interesting.
1: Totally. Uh, switching gears back to the stock market. Last Friday, Shopify, Citadel, and City popped up in the news here. Shopify climbed $100 a share at the very last ticker, right close to the very end of the day uh, on Friday. So they went up 100 bucks. Ken Griffin's getting called in. Citigroup's getting called in. Wall Street's starting to look at this. Like it came right back down, right? So I don't know if you have any insight in terms of like what happened there or. You know, yeah, what, I mean, what's going on with that?
0: It was supposedly a big order and like part of it went through before and part of it went through as it was be, like becoming after hours and into after hours. So I, I don't really know exactly what happens. Like we'll definitely have to see it there, but I wonder if it was just like manipulation due to options on a Friday expiration. But then what, what makes me think, I don't know, is just that the coin or the, the coin, the stock went all the way right back down right after. So, I mean, it's definitely... Something will be following along. It's, just, I'm, it's very rare for a stock to do that, especially sh- like Shopify, right? That's like billion dollars in like mark notational change. So that's pretty crazy. But I'm excited to see. And honestly, Citadel would C- Citadel would be involved. They would be.
1: Apparently, what happened was Citigroup had an order with the Wall Street clients for six hundred thousand shares the final hour trading. They did the first half and right before 3 p.m. The second half was 10 minutes before the close. Uh, and then Citadel apparently did not alert brokers to uh, maintain that imbalance. And so we'll see what happens. I guess it's still too early, but definitely something to keep an eye out on over the next couple of weeks here, Uh, of course, with Shopify. A few stocks blast from the past here, Tony. Uh, DNA and SEMA 4 I wanted to talk about a little bit. So DNA had their earnings today. Ginkgo Bioworks they were one of the genomics companies that everyone was talking about, you know, during the SPAC attack days. You were super impressed with their earnings. So I don't know is it, is it time to get the GIF out of the the Undertaker coming back alive right now? Or when <laughs> when when, when do we do that here for DNA?
0: Yeah, so so I, I've always liked DNA. Like I like the company underneath it, but I was always like t- fudging the valuation. It was just far too expensive for my taste, um, even though the company, in my opinion, is just like a world class company. So now that it's come down and after this earnings report in the guide. It honestly looks very nice. So, like, if you think about, as we mentioned many times, like how shitty SPAC's earnings reports will look for a while because of stock based compensation and basically a bunch of expenses that will just make it look worse. Like, what happened to SEMA 4 last year when we were talking about the earnings? I remember, I forget which one, I think it was August or the quarter after, but we were talking about how it just got so bad in terms of like stock based compensation and the SPAC stuff on the balance sheet that it takes time to level out. So, like, In my opinion, DNA like here the valuation is much different than it was when we were like you know when we were talking about it. Plus, in time, so the company has done you know what it was intended to do. It did grow, so I think that's another difference that people are going to start looking at these genomics companies that are actually making money and saying, well, if they're actually making money and the space is growing, like you can look at the chart, you can look at all the data for like where the space is going. Space is up, cost is down, the number of people involved is up, and then once you get to a certain amount of data, you start really exponentially growing what you can do. So they did 314 million in total revenue in 2021. So that's an increase of 309% over 2020. And what's nice is they added 31 new cell programs in 2021. And that's a 72% growth over 2020. So the tools that they have to make revenue, which is already growing like pretty quickly, are also growing pretty quickly. So like it's just like double exponential compounding compounding. Uh, I just made a word up. I
1: like that word actually. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It just flowed better with what I was saying, but they, they still have 1.5 billion cash on the balance sheet. And then, you know, I think people are always worried, you know, this company's not going to make it because they don't have enough cash on the balance sheet. And the next talk, stock we'll talk about, like SEMA before, I'll explain to you exactly like with the cash that happened that was in their pockets, what they did with it. So... I'm excited to see that Ginkgo is expecting to add 60 new cell programs to the Foundry platform in 2022, and I, we can like link the pod underneath where we talked about Ginkgo in depth and ex- explained everything that they're doing. But you know, in terms of guide, they're looking at 325 to 340 million in 2022, and so that's not crazy of a difference from 2021. But might I add, like the d- decline of like most revenue from COVID and the fact that they're still growing despite that is, is quite bullish. So what i like the most is seeing that the biosecurity revenue and so that's 114 million of their fourth quarter in 2021 and that had a gross profit margin of 42%. so it's like a lot of these companies have multiple legs and right and one of the legs pays for the other legs and so we're getting this like compounding effect. and so you look at foundry now, right? and that's what you know a lot of the people who like ginkgo are very bullish on foundry. but that's very much so like things things are still building. So that had a revenue of 34 million in Q4 of 2021. And that is up a lot. It's up, up 16 million from the year before's, uh period. Company's worth about 5 billion right now at 374. So maybe 5.5 billion. So like that's, you know, it's a very hefty valuation, but it's not crazy in terms of sales. Like it's trading at 10.5 times this year's sales. So like eight times next year's sales for estimated. So we'll see, but also, you know, like that, analyst estimates that i have right here for the full year of 2022 are 302 million and so they're they're saying you know 325 to 340 so once again these companies as their own legs these various legs compound like so do their revenues so do their profits so do their ability to make more every good company is the same everything's tesla everything's apple
1: and there's only so much room they have on the downside right so same before obviously one that we talk about on many different podcasts over and over again, you were amped up on the earnings from last week. The stock moved a little bit, but still is kind of stuck in this you know low three range. So <laughs> was there something specific that kind of made you bullish from the report or, or what's different? there? Yeah.
0: So like, as we've said many times, right? Like, and I've said this on every, every single podcast since November, like these smaller cap names, all of them, no matter how much, whatever they are, would not be, that's why they want to talk like I didn't talk about them because I knew I said the same thing for fucking four months straight. It's like until the Fed changes, the direction of these names won't. And so Fed changed. And so now you're looking at these companies that are putting out their revenues, putting out their quarter reports, and they're damn better than they expected. And and honestly, because the companies have come down so much, A, you obviously have the potential for a squeeze in some of these names. You know, like re- whatever is shorted the most could have a potential for a squeeze. And so like you expect it to be on, you know, on earnings, but once again, earnings provides guidance, and clarity, and in certain times that takes time for people to process all the information, do their models and la la la. So you're not buying right away because right. Like if the stock went all the way down to three, it's because there's not a bunch of huge institutional buyers in it right now. There are people who hold it and there are big institutional owners. However, like changing in the stocks company in the news changes the stock over time. So as you said, there's some companies that obviously we're just going to keep going down regardless of the underlying company, right? Like if companies get better, right? Like I said this so many times in the pod, Amazon in 2001, Jeff Bezos, ouch, the company underneath is growing. I don't look at the stock price up 31,000%. That's the way that companies work. And, I'm, and by no means am I saying, and soon forward anywhere in here, Amazon, but I'm just saying the general movements of stocks over years, it's right. Like the company underneath it will lead to where it goes. And so- I think that there's a lot that just came out in the last few months. And the fact that the market being where it's at right now has really changed the way that I'm thinking about these names, where I'm looking to see, hey, there's, is there an opportunity in these names that are down so much? Is there something that I can do and make a significant amount of money right now? Because there's some type of arbitrage in terms of where I think the value is and where I think the price is. And so like you look over here and you say, well, what did they do? They did $57 million, uh, in sales for quarter four, and then they did $43 million the quarter before that. Of 2021, So quarter three, uh, and the end of the year with two hundred and twelve million in sales, which is good. You had them lose one hundred ninety nine million once again in EBITDA. So apart from the fact that like sales are improving and EBITDA, and EP, like those things are all sequentially getting better, and all the crap from the SPAC deal itself has like been mostly rolled off and will continue to be rolled off. Now you have some other things that will be impacting the balance sheet, but it's really not at all in like as negative of a way as the initial SPAC deal did. And that's just because they had this definitive agreement that they signed to acquire Gene DX. And I don't know if we've talked about this before, but definitely a big factor in the stock, I think, moving forward. Because just thinking about how much revenue that company makes, and we'll go into that in a second, but they entered into an agreement for a $200 million private placement from leading investors, which include Pfizer. And so just thinking like, hey, you have Eric Schad, like, right, like legend from Merck, and now you have Pfizer inside the mix. And then you have SEMA 4 who just acquired GeneDX, who's literally going to make their revenues quite crazy, like from where they're at, like they're guiding 350 million for this year, where like, I'm looking at the average analyst estimate and it's saying that they're only going to do 270 million, right? So at 350 million, it's trading at two times this year's sales. And that's like, obviously slated to grow in the future. And as I said, these acquisitions will be the difference, right? They had all that money on hand and they still have 400 million on hand. So, I mean, I'm just looking here and I think a lot of people should just go check out the investor presentation for it just to see kind of like why I was thinking this company would actually do well. And so you've got 2021 estimates, right? Acquiring GeneDX will take that revenue of what they made because GeneDX made 116 million. So you want to figure out like, a because now this company is making 300 million a year last year and so now this year they're going to make 350 and based on that with a 30 percent organic hagger, which is what they're predicting what they've been what they're going to be doing even better with because they have gene because they're very well syncopated hand in hand gene has like a million plus samples inside of like exactly what semaphore is doing so it's just like perfect syncopation and so you've got like an estimate of 475 million in rev for next year and an adjusted gross margin that goes from 16% to 33%, right? So the company is definitely improving in all their valuations and their metrics. I want to see one strong quarter, like next quarter, to see how the combination is starting to work. And like, obviously, it takes more time to kind of really get the full synergistic effects. But either way, right, like they're predicting pretty good numbers. And it's not like, oh, this company has to go and make a bunch more money. Like Semaphore 4 has to go make a bunch more money. They just bought someone who's crushing it and it's going to help them crush even more. So I think they're going to still make another strategic acquisition. And I believe that they also have plans in order to do that or partnerships and stuff that they mentioned on the call that they have coming up soon. And so like, in my opinion, right, like right now you're getting it at like 1.4 times forward sales. With a 33% adjusted gross margin. Obviously, there's expenses, expenses, expenses to healthcare company, but it's looking a lot better in terms of the thesis and at the price. Like, you know, if this was a the thesis when it was the price it was earlier, would have felt even stronger about it. But as I said, the market will continue to drop stocks no matter where they are mm-hmm. in those conditions, right? Liquidity was everything, and liquidity still is everything, right? The market can turn around and change. As soon as it tags 46 or 4700, maybe it turns around and retests that double bottom. And we know double bottoms don't exist. So we'll crash. Uh, who knows? But the point is like underlying, is this company going to make more money this year now yeah. than they did last year? And- now, once I've changed my perspective on the company, I've changed my perspective on the stocks price. It's a very yeah. different situation based on market conditions. But once again, the Amazon share letter, ouch. And then you know went up very well because the company underneath did well is something to know. And I'm not saying like one month, two months, three months, like It's a difference for for trading or years, right? Like this, something at three dollars, like I'd be happy to hold it, just see where it goes in the next, like you know, X years. If they hit this, right, like then it's trading at twenty twenty four revs, and that's like at a fifty percent gross margin.
1: For some reason, I keep making this parallel back and forth between almost like the cannabis industry with genomics. Like you know, there's just so many things that are going to happen with the government and and red tape that they're going to have to go through and i mean that in terms of like the consolidation right i think a lot of the winners will win and continue to consolidate so i think we're starting to see a little bit of that happen Uh right now with genomics but i could see it being very much like the cannabis industry which we're starting to see some of but that's going to definitely be like five six major players in my opinion yeah Uh,
0: i think it's the i think it's the one that we've mentioned right like i think it's like uh End and true leave i think those ones are just i just see them freaking dominate everywhere there's a store every like every town that can allow weed there's a true leaf store there like there's Mm -hmm. two in key west once again doesn't make sense there's two like it makes sense that they're in key west just how quickly they moved in as soon as okay they were set up so they run a tight ship
1: yeah no i mean it'll be really interesting to see what happens there i know all these big pharmas are, are tossing 200 millions, like whatever. That's like a day worth of shots for them. But
0: right. But uh, I think it's a stamp, you know, it's like a stamp of approval. Oh, no, totally. And, and I could see a world where pharma
1: <laughs> starts to acquire a lot of these guys themselves, right? And so maybe I think that's maybe, the move, obviously I,
0: I think that's how it's gonna be because I mean you're so right. It really right? makes they're, sense. They're
1: just, paying money right now or giving them debt, or whatever, to mm-hmm. so look into their balance sheets, right? And really dig in there a little bit more and see what's going on. I don't know.
0: Right. That that could right. definitely
1: happen. Because uh, right? I, I think, oh, sorry,
0: sorry so, so you just, sure. you're bringing up good conversation. I right. just have to like reply to what you're saying. Because like, like thinking of it, right? Like, is it in the pharma company's interest to actually have people not have to buy as many medications? No. But if we're the space is going there anyway, you would want to own the companies that are the ones that like make money from telling you, you don't need to buy extra it's pills. like the
1: SIG companies buying all the you know, it's,
0: right. It's, it's, exactly. It's, it's identical to that.
1: So let's, let's hop into earnings and, and wrap it up this week. Uh, Ehang tomorrow, which is Tuesday, Chewy restoration hardware. Uh, Chewy actually, I saw it towards the end of the day here, uh, popped like 6%, I think on the day. Wednesday, we got UiPath, uh, BioNTech. Uh, Thursday, we have Walgreens and then, of course, my little baby share care before the open on Thursday. I'm really excited to see that. To your point, like similar kind of uh, life cycle as these other ones where they came in as a SPAC. We'll see what happens there. Uh, I think they need a few more earnings to really get going here personally. But uh, it will be nice to see hopefully they get some (laughs) some momentum after they've been. Nah, shit in the bed with the rest of these specs. Uh, And then, of course, BlackBerry, Astra, and Nanox are going to be after the close Thursday. Nothing really serious on on, uh, Friday. But as always, Tony, we're doing a Monday episode here. It feels a little weird not doing this on the weekend. So we'll get back to our normal schedule, of course, next week here. But anything for the week ahead here, what we're
0: looking at? Yeah, I mean, I think we can't really underestimate just how powerful these markets are flowing. And 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 one thing that I like about these kind of markets versus the the consistently down markets is the same stocks that just continue to bleed can be the ones that continue to run. So like, snow, for example, you know, and I and I was talking about this on Twitter a few like you know last Monday when I was with Wolf and like Pattern Profits, we were talking about this. Just it's it was so resilient, so damn resilient. Like, yeah, it it, it got killed. And after earnings, and I was never bullish on snow just because valuation was crazy. But in my opinion, like I also know the lock, the the way that it's bought by institution. And so, you know, I think it's time where you start thinking about the companies themselves. Yes. The stringiness, like the bounciness of these companies in terms of when they do well, because that's really important. And then watching the price, man, like, I mean, just looking at the price action of snow, it just, it would. Dive and then it would bounce. It'd be almost like the reverse of the market when it was the last like four months where everything would bounce and then dive and then bounce and then dive. It's very much like a reverse, like mar- market set to buy the dip versus to sell the rip. And so there's companies that will show you relative strength throughout the day. And like you can't see really relative strength when everything's fucking dying. Like it's, it's a very different thing. Like TTD, for example, has held really well during this entire thing. Cloudflare net got spiked up super fast, but then, you know, it got me thinking what's, and I, and I played Cloudflare. got me thinking, what's another company that's very similar in terms of like, not just the market cap, but the share price and like the way that people look at it basket unity. And so I'm like looking at unity under hundred, right? The psychological numbers can be accelerators. So it's kind of like, yeah, the market's trending, but you want to figure out either what sector, what specific name is looking better than the other names, because there's money coming in. It's just depending on which stock, which day. And sure, the market can sell off. Like at no point am I saying like I'm back to being bullish. And you know, I, I maybe I yeah was bullish when the Fed raised, and I was bullish going into the Fed raising. But we ran so much that do I think we could go higher and just squeeze people and make no sense? Probably most entertaining outcome. You know, is is, is, is it's the most likely Fate loves oh, irony. Happens. So <laughs> yeah, but I, but I do think like if we follow that 2001 pattern, we're interest shit right after, right? Like I think the market. It went down 70%, bounced 40%, and then dove like 30%. So could be, could be. But honestly, I think, you know, it'd be a higher low scenario anyway, unless the world continues to get out of hand. So with that being said, I think there's a lot of setups just, you know, up and down that you can start playing mostly up until the flows reverse. But keep an eye on those and, you know, look twice. Like you can really notice some really cool stuff if you're just staring at shit all day. So with that being said, pounders, We'll be back next week, and my eyes will definitely be bloody from staring at shit all day. But I love it, so we'll talk to you guys soon. This is shit, like Paradigm big Shits. Big That's a big <laughs> yeah, it is. Sack is rising, perfect timing I'm in Brickle with the tribe Shawty sliding, she want sushi She want eel sauce for the rice I just peeled off of the light Took her heels off for the ride Don't say real talk, just a lie I'm a real one, I provide, yeah Drip on a hundred